This morning I'd like to look at a verse of scripture in the book of Colossians, chapter 1. And uh, I'd like to talk about inheritance. And maybe we'll just go ahead and, and title this way, He's made us fit for our inheritance. And there's a lot in that that we want to, to go over, actually. A lot of simple things we just read over, but the great uh, value in distinguishing who is worthy of worship, as we said before we started recording, and who made us fit for our inheritance. So in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Just a short verse there. Tells us so much. Tells us so much. And let me just start out. It says giving thanks. Who, who deserves thanks? And again, I, I sometimes, maybe I'll make this a little too elementary, but let me give an example, uh, just, just to make this clear, because sometimes we overlook these things. Giving thanks, we can just read right over that, buddy, but giving thanks. Who should we give thanks to? Well, yesterday was kind of a sad day. We uh, had to put our dog down, and uh, I was up there in the woods. We got a place where we bury our pets and everything, and, and I had a pretty big chest that he was in, and so I was up there digging a hole, uh, three feet deep, three feet long, and a little over two feet wide. And up there digging, and it wasn't necessarily easy digging, and all the tree roots and everything like that, but I got it done. And uh, Bill, as we come here this morning, I didn't say, thanks, Bill. I didn't say, thanks, David. They weren't do thanks. I'm not sure anyone would do thanks, but I didn't give them thanks. Now, had they dug it or something, which I'm sure both of them would have had I asked them. And then I would have said thanks. But, uh, so, who's worthy of thanks? So here it says what? Giving thanks to the Father. And we're talking about inheritance, but giving thanks to the Father. Is he deserving of thanks for making us fit for this inheritance? And what I want make, and I know everybody say yes, yeah, absolutely. What I want to make clear is He only, the Lord only. Give thanks to the Father. Well, what has the Father done? Be a shorter list if I said, well, what hasn't the Father done? That'd be a pretty short list that way because he's done everything. But we'll focus in on something particular this morning about this. But what's the Father done? He has a plan of salvation. And that plan of salvation was through a covenant with his Son. And it tells us in Ephesians 1, 4, that God chose us in his Son before the foundation of the world. 
So there's a covenant back there. And God's elect was chosen in that covenant from before the foundation of the world. That's something that the Father has done. Something else the Father's done along that same vein. What's the Father done? What, why do we give him thanks? <clears throat> do we deserve any of this thanks? What's the Father done? He gave his son. I, uh, it's hard for me to comprehend that. Well, it's God. He gave his son. It was hard. Well, I don't want to get too sidetracked here. But he gave his son. And if you think of loved ones and things like that, uh, let me, I shared this, it's been a long time ago. And by the way, we'll go to Isaiah chapter 53 for a moment. But uh, he, he gave his son. Now let's, well, let, let's read this first. Let's read Isaiah 53 first. I'll try to refrain from reading too much here. It's, it's hard not to, but I, I will try to refrain from that. Isaiah 53, let's just go to verse 10 to 11. So what's the, why does the Father deserve thanks? Because he gave his son that would have this inheritance. But Isaiah 53 and verse 10. Yeah, and of course, leading up to that, we know clearly he's talking about Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, the Lamb of God. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. That's talking about God the Father putting his son on the cross. And, and by the way, that word bruise, is, it's a lot more than we use the word bruise. You maybe I'll do something, fall or, or something. Oh, do you get hurt? Ah, just bruise. This means crush, smite, very strong word. So yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. You know, we know a little bit of what the Lord Jesus Christ went through and what he paid, but, but the Father did that. That's part of the plan of salvation. That's part of why we give thanks, that we have this inheritance. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had, he had put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin... He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul. He saw his son suffer. He saw him in the garden when he was the, the humanity side of him and said, Oh, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. That cup was filled with your sin and my sin. That was going to have to be paid for. Anything unpaid for, lake of fire. But it was going to be paid for. And it, but he said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Of course, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine. But you saw, we get a sense of the pain that he was going to be paying for. And the Father saw that. We try to think of it, yeah, he suffered, but the Father saw that. He saw 
the travail of his soul. He saw him in the garden as he praying. His sweat was were great drops of blood. The father saw that. He saw all the other things that he went through. He saw him on the cross. He saw him as they uh, pierced his side. I saw the movie at time that uh, I don't watch too many of those biblical type movies, but it won uh, The Passion of the Christ or something. Very graphic, very graphic. And I watched it for that reason, actually. But he shall see the drill of his soul and shall be satisfied. Linda, way back a long time ago in the grocery store at Waterloo, when we kind of first started out, had a little book. A lot of people ran, ran a bill, they called it. it. Had these little books with the uh, carbon paper built right in. And uh, when they'd get their check at the end of the month, they'd come in, add it all up, and we had a red stamp. Paid in full. That's satisfied. So what he says here is, he shall see the travail of his soul, and the judge shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Why give thanks to the Father? Because he's made us fit for inheritance. He gave his son. And, and let, me, let me go with just another little illustration that I gave several years ago to try to make, make you feel this, I guess. So we see somewhat, we feel somewhat of what the father did. Gave his son, soul to avail his soul. We put, it, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. So we see that. And our lesson this morning is giving him thanks that he's made us fit for this inheritance. That's our message. Giving him thanks. So I, I gave an example one time, and kind of a lengthy and probably not a very good one. But let's say that I was on death row for something, penitentiary. And uh, maybe you think a little of me, and you go talk to the warden, say, no, it has to be death here. And again, I know there's a craziness absurd, but just bear with me a moment. And the, and the warden says, well, there has to be a death here. And uh, so the warden says, well, now I can take the death of one of your loved ones. Again, I know it's crazy, but bear with me a second. So pick a loved one in your life. And you go to the warden and say, okay, I uh, like this guy for whatever reason. And here's my loved one. Put them on an electric chair. And it happens. Now I'm free. I'm out of prison. And probably first thing I'll do, go to a restaurant or something. So I'm at a restaurant eating. And, and you, after the funeral and everything, you're in the restaurant. You're at a booth over here, a table over here. But you see me and... And you can hear me, and one of my old friends comes in, 
says, well, I thought you was in, the, in prison. I thought they was going to fry you. How did you get out? And you're listening. You know how I got out. But I said, well, you know why I was in there? I was a perfect inmate. I swept floors. I washed dishes. I'd, I'd done all these things. That's why I got out. And you're standing over here knowing exactly why I got out. So, give thanks to the Father. I don't deserve, you don't deserve any credit. We're in the receiving end of His grace and mercy. So, we're not to boast at all. Our lesson said, uh, giving thanks to the Father who hath made us fit. Your Bible say, uh, uh, made us meet, M-E-E-T, may, may be fit. The Hebrew word, would be, or the Greek word, would be pronounced something like hikanao. Uh, what it means, whether you look at it as, as meat or fit or hikanao, it means enable, qualify, make able. Giving thanks to the Father who hath made us able, made us qualify. Who did it? Not us. We don't even have a little part in it. He made us fit. He made us meet. Why would, why would we want to take credit in that? Why would we want to take part of the credit? When it says clearly the Father made us meet for this inheritance. Why would we want to take some credit for that? Well, I'll tell you exactly why. Because the old, sinful Adam nature. And that's where we all started. To whatever degree, whenever we thought that we should take part of it, or all of it. And uh, Isaiah 14, we go there a lot, let me go there again. This is where it comes from. The thought that we want to take part of it. Uh, Isaiah chapter 14. We'll read about Satan here. And, and when we say we want to take part of it. Well, let me say that if we've read clearly that he made us fit. That God made us fit through his plan of salvation. Very clearly, he made us fit. But if I want to take part of it, say, well, I had my part in it. I'm wanting to make myself what? As God. Because God makes us fit. If we think we make us fit, we're putting ourselves right up there. We're God. And that's not an exaggeration. Okay, Isaiah 14. Let's go back to verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, who didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said, you want to know, well, we've got the, we got the Super Bowl coming up 
today. And uh, if you watch ball games, stuff like that, and the coaches and things on the sidelines, and they go uh, talk and everything like that, they put that book over the mouth. You can't read their lips. They don't want the other team, the enemy, to know what they're saying. They'll put it up there so they can't even read their lips. Well, we are blessed that the veil is taken down and we can look right into the heart and the doctrine of the enemy, Satan. It's exposed. So, uh, verse 13 now. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. Buddy, we talked about that word I a lot, haven't we? I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Well, let me tell you something. The most high made you fit for the inheritance. But if you say, well, I've done my part to make myself fit. I've told you hundreds of times. I'll tell you again. The guy on television used a fishing uh, example. And he said, well, I hope that whenever I die that God dips a dip net down the sea of men. I've been good enough to be a keeper. Well, it's what, all based on what he had done. I, I, and that's straight from Satan. That's where it comes from. Or maybe indirectly from Satan. From Satan disciple to disciple to disciple down. So, we see Satan here. It's all about I, what I do, what I must do, what I don't do. Be like the most. So, if I, if I make myself fit for this inheritance, I put myself in the place of God. And what... We see his doctrine. And what did he use on Eve in the garden when he came in there? He said, well, I said, uh, here, here's this tree. Eat of it. Raymond used to call it a banana tree. <laughs> Everybody looks at that. What I, but anyway, he said, here's this tree. You can eat of it. He said, oh, no, God said not to. And David, I think, had probably walked past a thousand times and never was even tempted. No, God said not to. That was good enough. What does Satan say? Not, I'm not going to talk about the whole conversation. Well, he says that God knows that when you partake of it, you'll be as God. Well, that seems like a good thing. That seems innocent. Seems. So that's what he thought. Well, that's a good thing. I'll be like God. What we just read was Satan's doctrine. I'll be like the most high. That's, that's what he did with Satan. And that's what happens to us when we think we have any part of making ourselves fit for this inheritance. Because God's the one that makes us fit for this inheritance. And whenever we think that, well, I've got a part in it. I, I, I. And we do it out of ignorance. I mean, we all, again, that's where we started out. We do it out of ignorance. 
by the Lord's will and His grace, gradually He'll keep casting that out. Gradually we'll see, well, oh gosh, I didn't realize. Galatians chapter 3. Again, I hope all the words are showing that he's worthy of worship, that he is worth ship, worthy of worship. Uh, Galatians three and eighteen, still talking about inheritance. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Now there was an earthly promise for Israel. I realize that there's an earthly land, or there's a a, a heavenly land of promise for us. Inheritance. And God, through the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, says, listen, it's inherited to be of the law. It's no more promise. It's no more that covenant that God made with Christ before the foundation of the world. And he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. If it's through the law, it's no more promise. I know, and, and this is where I started out, and, and most of the world, a lot of the world is still there. They look at the law. Or they pick and choose, actually. They'll pick and choose out of that law, 613 or whatever commandments and ordinances and so forth. They'll pick and choose, pick a few out of there. And they think, that's the way. That's the way they're made fit. But this says, if inheritance were the law, it's no more promise. Let's back up a little bit in this uh, same chapter. Go back to verse 13. Galatians 3. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Curses everyone that hangeth on a tree. And let me just say this about the law. There's a letter of the law and there's a spirit of the law. We won't have time to go into that this morning. But it says that the blessings of Abraham. In other words, God made a covenant with Abraham. God made a covenant with Jesus Christ before the foundation of the world on our behalf. That the blessings of Abraham might come on Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we have this promise. We have this covenant of our eternal inheritance. So we, we have that. And then in verse 15, and I didn't understand this for, for many years, but it's, it's very simple when he reveals it to us. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a man's covenant... Yet, if it, uh, if it be confirmed, uh, let me read it again. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it is but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man annulleth or addeth to it. 
So he's talking about a contract. If we draw out a contract and everything, and, and I deal a lot with contracts and things like that, but if there's a contract, you don't change it. I mean, I understand you can do amendments and both parties agreeing, but basically there's a contract and you don't change it. If we say we'll uh, pay someone $1,000, put seal in the parking lot, and after they do it, we don't say, well, you know, uh, it was a pretty day and you got to hear the birds singing and everything like that. We'll give you $500. You don't change the contract. And that's, that's what verse 15 is saying. Even on an earthly contract, you don't change it. That's what it's saying. Now, after having said that about contracts and covenants, verse uh, 16, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said, Not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant, or the contract, and this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot annul that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. What does it say? There's a contract. There was a covenant. And it was by promise. Well, back before the foundation of the world, the contract, the covenant. So we come along in time, we have the Mosaic Law. And it has its purpose. Again, there's the letter of the law, and there's the spirit of the law. But we have this, this that comes along, this law of Moses. Does it annul this original contract back here? We, even an earthly contract, you don't do that. The law can't make void this contract back here. Actually, understanding the spirit of the law, it upholds that contract, actually, but we won't have time to go into that. Uh, so, 17 and 18 again. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after, cannot annul that it should make the promise of no effect. If the inheritance be of the law, it's no more promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. I've mentioned this several times. Let me do it again because it comes to my mind. Talking to somebody and uh, talking something about Christ as the way and so forth. And, and uh, he said, well, how do you know God won't change his mind again? And I've shared this with you many times. But how do you know God won't change his mind again? I'm glad he said that because I didn't realize people thought this way. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, in the Old Testament, it was through the law of Moses was the way. Now, it's Jesus Christ is the way. How do you know he won't change his mind again? The law of Moses was never the way. It was that original covenant. God's plan of salvation that makes us fit for this inheritance. That's why we give thanks unto him. Give thanks to the Father who made us fit. Uh, 
But let's go to the fourth chapter of Galatians. Still have a little time. And as we look at these things and we look at these scriptures, uh, you know, there may be some things come to mind. What about this? What about that? And, and we study those things. But we see what it says first. And we're grounded in that. Uh, Galatians 4 and, and uh, 19. This is similar to what we just read and talked about. My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Paul here, God through the Holy Spirit has this recorded for us. Paul was talking to these uh, Galatia and uh, whom he had, he, he had talked to. But here he says travail in birth, delivering, not giving life, delivering. My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I desire to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I stand in doubt of you. And listen to what he says. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? You know, this was, they was under the law for generations, not realizing what the law really was, forgetting about the promise. But think about that. Let me just tell me, tell me you that desire to be the law. Don't you hear the law? And if people, I've talked to people, and, uh, and they may talk about Ten Commandments. And I, I may say, well, you mean the 613. I said, well, okay, even the ten. Can you keep them all? Have you kept them all? Well, I believe that if you do the best you can, God will accept that. God never accepts best. He only accepts perfection. So, let's go on here. Uh, tell me you that desire to be under the law. Do you not hear the law? By the way, what I'm giving this morning, this is not my opinion. I, rarely do I give my opinion. If I do, I tell you. This is scripture that we're reading. Word of God. Tell me that you desire to be under the law. Do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons. One by a bondmaid, and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman is born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by the promise. Which things are an allegory? This is an example. This is telling us more than what just on the surface here. Which things are an allegory? For these are two covenants. One from Mount Sinai. What happened on Mount Sinai? Oh, that's where the law of Moses was given. Moses went, I don't know how many trips up and down that mountain he went. And remember it said that he, uh, even Moses, uh, feared because of the mountain. Uh, uh, he, he quaked and, and, and feared and thunders and lightnings and so forth. So one covenant there said, well, it says uh, two covenants. One from Mount Zion, or Sinai, bearing children to bondage unto Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai, this bondwoman, she was a slave. This Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answers to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. Remember, I think we've read not too long ago that, uh, that we don't come to Mount Sinai. 
go to Mount Zion, the church of the living God, Jesus Christ. That's where we go. 26, but Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rebecca, uh, uh, for it is written, rejoice, thou that uh, thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not, for the desolate hath many more children than she who has an husband. So that we look out in the world today, all the people trusting in the law of Moses. Bondage. Many more of them. Now we beseech you, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Abraham and Sarah had Isaac, children of the promise. Remember, a year later, they were about a hundred, but still children of the promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh of the bondage and bondwoman persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now, and certainly it is. Uh, they accuse us of uh, handling snakes out here and doing all kind of things. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman. And if you study the law of Moses, you'll see that it's bonded. Uh, Peter, remember Peter said, those that come down from Antioch, or those that come down from uh, Jerusalem down to Antioch, said, you've got to be circumcised to keep the law of Moses be saved. That's what they're looking at. At the end, Peter says, well, why do you put a, a, a yoke upon the neck of the disciples? Why do you put this bondage on? We can't carry it. Our fathers couldn't carry it. Why are you putting this bondage on the disciples? Uh, okay, verse 30. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir or inheritance, shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Give thanks unto the Father who's made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. Those, those who remain, so it's talking about inheritance here. That's what we're talking about. The bond and the free, one will have inheritance, the other won't. Those that remain of the bondwoman in bondage under the, the burden of the law, trusting in the law, trusting in themselves, under the covenant of the law from Mount Sinai, would not be heir to this inheritance if they remain in this. Now, again, we all start out in that. Be good. You'll get to heaven. Be bad, and you go the other place. But we all kind of started out there to whatever degree and whatever pace the Lord takes that uh, away from us. But those that continue in that won't be of this particular inheritance. Now, there are different levels, different inheritance. Uh, I won't go into that either. But uh, looking to the law, being in bondage, which means looking to man, which means giving some of this thanks and honor and glory to us. No inheritance in that. No inheritance in that. did get finished again. We may look at this again tonight. But just let me close by reading our verse. Giving thanks. Giving thanks. Unto the Father. 
who hath made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. This scripture gives all the honor and glory to the Lord, none unto us. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.